0: Good morning, it's Friday, December 13th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. I'm Connor Tapp, and it is the eve of the 2019 Heisman Trophy presentation, so Trey Scott joins me now, not to preview the ceremony, because here's your preview. Joe Burrow is going to win. But instead, we're going to look ahead to next year's Heisman race and also get into some of the broader trends surrounding this prestigious award then to some degree encapsulated by the fact that Joe Burrow is going to win possibly by a historic margin here. So, Trey, with the Heisman a lot of times, we, it's fun to look back on previous winners and feel like, did we get that right? Example, maybe we didn't get it right. Mark Ingram, 2009. Doesn't feel super representative of where like the big storylines in the sport
1: that year. Pretty
0: confident that we're going to feel good about Joe Burrow having won like, five, ten years from now.
1: Of course. Yeah, I mean, Chase Young had a great season defensively, 16.5 sacks, but Joe Burrow broke the record for completion percentage he's 77.9 in a single season broke Colt McCoy's record just an insane year he was he had so many big stages to do it on and he delivered from the jump from week two going into Austin and throwing a touchdown pass on third and 17 I mean Joe Burrow is awesome he was deserving For the last few years we've keep saying like okay well eventually these quarterback numbers are going to tail off eventually it's going to happen, and it, it might not happen because from the most unlikely of places, from Baton Rouge, we had a quarterback break NCAA football records.
0: Yeah, and right, and I think what you just said there is key. Like We've become almost desensitized to some of these gaudy quarterback figures, but the fact that Joe Burrow has managed to break records and do it at a place like LSU, who has been so desperate for this particular type of performance from a player at this particular position is just... It says everything that needs to be said about the the 2019 regular season, obviously. Um, um, So, I do think, when looking back over the season, you mentioned 3rd and 17 against Texas. Like, was that his
1: Heisman moment, slash, are we... It feels like the Heisman moment is less of a thing. It's less of a thing, for sure, less of a thing. You know, when he... I thought his Heisman moment... And he had already won it. What I, I thought the whole game was sort of a Heisman moment display—the SEC championship game. Okay. When he, I mean, he had uh, some sick. Like he, I rolled to r- rolled to his right, got out of some heat, sixty yard strike downfield. He had one play where he throws the ball, gets batted back to himself, he catches it and goes twenty yards the other way. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of a Heisman moment. He yeah. didn't need one. You're right. It is less of a thing. Is it? It.
0: I think, I wonder if it's tied to the fact, it used to be we'd want to kind of project who was going to win the Heisman starting in September, and people would say, oh, you idiots, like crowning September Heisman, you always get proven wrong. But the past several years, like going back to at least Lamar Jackson, like, the general consensus about who was going to win the Heisman has been pretty correct.
1: Yeah, pretty spot on. Like last year we assumed it was Tua's until the last two weeks of the that's year, it was true, Kyler that's true, that's true. This was, I was thinking, this is the first September Heisman winner to win since Lamar Jackson. We've had a few fun September Heisman since then. Saquon Barkley in 2017 was my favorite September Heisman. Leonard Fournette was a really fun September Heisman. But no, you're right. I I kept waiting for Joe Burrow to sort of fall off here. Remember we did a, I, looking at it in midseason who's your Heisman winner and I said, I said Jalen Hurts. He's going to win the Heisman. The media can't resist the Jalen Hurts storyline. Oklahoma quarterback, but especially a transfer from Alabama. Everyone loves Jalen Hurts, but at the same time he's kind of tailed off. Like Joe Burrow just never let his foot off the gas.
0: Yeah, we went very quickly from like early first couple of weeks of the season, man, Joe Burrow's going to win the Heisman is a take to like yeah, this is like what's pretty much definitely going to happen.
1: I remember on our college football show on Facebook, I had a take in the Take-A-Palooza section which is where we we're supposed to deliver hot takes and it was after week two and I said Joe Burrow is the second best quarterback in the SEC saying, and the take there is that Joe Burrow is better than Jake Fromm and I sort of felt un- uncomfortable about it but it's just hilarious yeah. thinking back on that. Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in college football. So the decade is going to end
0: with four transfer quarterbacks winning the Heisman and three in a row. I, what is our
1: takeaway from this. Hmm. You know, I was thinking about that. I don't know if I have a good takeaway here. The I really don't. It, because not one of these three quarterbacks have transpired in a transfer sort of like a, a Justin Fields or a Jalen Hurts way where you have a clear-cut perhaps best quarterback in football going to a place where it's proven to have success. Like, Baker Mayfield... I sort of roll my eyes when we say he walked on in Oklahoma mm-hmm. because I, I'm pretty convinced that he knew he was going to eventually get that job and Bob soups actually did know that Baker Mayfield was moving to Norman. But he did walk on to Oklahoma. And, it, it, you know, he had a good freshman year at Texas Tech, but it wasn't like Baker Mayfield, by the time he got to OU, was a celebrated prodigy. Kyler Murray, he's a five-star recruit, incredible high school career, but couldn't really win the job at AM. and spent a year, a transfer year and then a backup year at Oklahoma. So it's not... And then Joe Burrow, this is his second year at LSU. And when he transferred from Ohio State, it was a big deal. I remember covering it with, you know, appropriately big importance. But he committed to LSU over Cincinnati. It wasn't like this pursuit of a Justin Fields or a Jalen Hurts where that guy dominates the week's storyline. So I, I think it's interesting that yeah like transfer quarterbacks are a thing but all three of these Heisman winners are sort of s- different as far as they were never this like immediate add water and you know you got a Heisman winner.
0: Mm. Yeah
1: and in and, and getting invited to New
0: York also in addition to Joe Burrow is going to be Chase Young, Justin Fields mm-hmm. transfer quarterback, Jalen Hurts transfer quarterback so uh, and Jalen Hurts eligibility is done, but that that rolls us into our conversation about next year, where we expect Justin Fields to be among the early front runners. So we'll have another former transfer quarterback in the conversation there. So who do we who do we think will be joining him right now? Yeah, here today?
1: Well, it's always interesting because we talked about September Heisman's and those hit every once in a while. I don't remember the last time a preseason Heisman favorite hit. Yeah, I. It's been a long time. It's almost like the preseason
0: Heisman expectations end up working against him. We like a surprise, like a surprise story that comes from relative obscurity, like, like a Kyler Murray, you know, not, I mean, he had a five-star pedigree, but like he, he's like looked okay at Texas A&M and then Joe Burrow kind of taking a step forward under a new, it's like we, we want it to be like the best player, but we don't. We like it to be a good story too.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I wonder too, when Baker Mayfield won. He must have been a, a, on the pretty good leaderboard for a yeah. preseason because he had already been in New York twice. Honestly, it might be we might be in the like the Tim Tebow decade, or maybe Marcus Mariota. But anyway, yeah. So Justin Fields forty touchdowns this year, just one interception. You would assume he would be back to New York next year, but again, there's some some dangers of projecting that. My other obvious front runners, this is, next year is a tough, tough list. I've got Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And I think it's, so I, I picked. yeah, I did too. I did too. So it's interesting. This is something to talk about. I, I believe Chris Summers writing a story on this, but Trevor Lawrence had 21 fourth quarter attempts this year Yeah. and 75 third quarter attempts. Joe Burrow had 43 fourth quarter attempts and 118 third quarter attempts. Last year when we talked about Tua never playing in the fourth quarter, Tua had 17 fourth quarter attempts. So Trevor Lawrence only had four more of those than Tua. It's hard to see anything really being different next year for Clemson. They do play at Notre Dame in November. So that could be a big Heisman stage. We talk about Heisman moment, maybe not matter anymore, but Heisman stage probably does. That's probably why Joe Burrow is going to win the Heisman. So does Trevor Lawrence have his Heisman stage? Because the last few Trevor Lawrence stages have come after Heisman voting. Yeah, Does he have that? That's important for his junior season, his final season in college football. And then, of course, will he have enough chances in the fourth quarter to pat his stats? I'm saying probably not. I think it's weird, but likely, that Trevor Lawrence ends his career without a Heisman Trophy, and it's sort of possible that he ends his career without even going to New York. Wow. I mean, he's he's, well, I believe something like 34 touchdowns. He's had a fantastic season. Like he hasn't thrown an interception since Louisville, uh, the, the game against Louisville in you know mid October. Kind of the
0: end of but, the is Trevor struggling yeah. narrative too.
1: And so maybe if he hadn't had all those interceptions, the eight interceptions earlier in the year, he would be going to New York because thirty four touchdowns, fifth in the country, three thousand yards. He, I, I just don't see him being a forty five touchdown, four thousand yard guy, given the fact that he's hardly going to have to play any fourth quarters next year.
0: Yeah, it, the fact that the ACC outside of Clemson is so weak right now really works against them. Who knows? Maybe we'll see a rejuvenated ACC next year.
1: Um, doesn't seem... I mean, they're, yeah, they're just like, they're pounding people. It's There's no reason for them to play for the fourth quarter. It's it's just on it. You say the ACC, it's just like Alabama in 2018. Tua lost to Heisman because he never had to play in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they're in the SEC. So other obvious, not so obvious, for, or obvious front runners. I'm sorry, where does Houston quarterback Derek King land? So it's Wednesday right now while we're recording. Sorry, I spilled it. it. This could happen by Friday, so maybe we'll have to jump on and do it. But I don't think he's staying at Houston. No, no, I don't think he's staying at Houston. I he could end up at LSU. Okay, wherever De'eric King goes, I want to buy a Heisman ticket for. Mm. He's going to put up massive numbers. Okay, um, and- did you did you saw you write?
0: Ellinger yeah. in your notes here. You, you. <laughs> I wasn't gonna do it. Yeah. So I mean, we had Sam Ellinger is like a pretty serious Heisman contender this year. Obviously, this is contingent upon. It was a uh, in the end probably a bit of a disappointing season for him individually, but in the in the bigger picture, like Texas has to be much better than a seven and five team for him to be a, a, a realistic contender. So I, yeah, I mean, walk me through why you weren't
1: feeling I mean I'm assuming he's coming back for yeah he'll be he'll yeah. be back no I Sam had Sam was top 10 in most quarterback stats but he threw more interceptions than you'd want him to with nine he wasn't he didn't run as much they were scared of him getting hurt so maybe a senior season they're like all right last year of Sam Yes, yeah. let's unleash him I just don't know if Texas is going to be a 10 game winner next year which you kind of have to have and that is why I that is why I didn't list him in any sort of obvious contender for me, even though he has the name power. Sort of why I didn't list any whoever wins the USC starting job as an obvious guy, because usually if USC has a quarterback he's gonna throw for thirty five touchdowns a game, you'd mark him down as a Heisman candidate. But I don't know if Keaton Slovis or JT Daniels, who's gonna win that job, and then I don't know if the Trojans are gonna win nine games even. Right, right. Well, so let's get into some of those not so obvious names. You did have Keaton Slovis down there. Um so I don't know. If Doesn't this end. feel like as we're like wading into this, it feels like a transition year, a Heisman transition. Yeah. Like
0: we're losing a lot of the people who were very consistently in the conversation. We're kind of bringing in a new crop of, of players. Yeah.
1: We're losing Tua. We're losing Justin Herbert. We're losing that fantastic junior class of running backs. Travis Etienne, Jonathan Taylor, JK Dobbins, AJ Dillon, all those guys, probably Chuba Hubbard. So yeah, it's, it's, I was like, well, who's the next Joe Burrow? I don't know. Spencer Rattler, probably going to win OU's quarterback job. Former elite recruit, five-star recruit. He's a true freshman this past year. That's if Lincoln Riley doesn't bring in De'Ara King. I don't mm. know how Lincoln could do that. Bring in another transfer quarterback. Yeah. He'll never be able to recruit a high schooler again. Right, yeah. But that's... you know, if Spencer Rattler wins that job and is the quarterback, then you would like his chances. Yeah. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr. I put on here, the... Fantastic LSU cornerback. So I think the year for Derek Singley to make a Heisman push is actually 2021. Chris Hammer wrote a story on Singley. It was really good. And Coach O wanted Singley to play some receiver this year. Mm. And Singley's dad was like, no, I want him to focus on defense. Okay. Eventually, though, the plan is to get him Charles Woodson type opportunities on offense. Okay. And make a Heisman push. Interesting. That's like legitimately the plan. I just think they might wait till his junior year to do that. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, we're
0: we're talking now, and Derek Singley just got snubbed for the uh, true freshman of the year uh, by the SEC. I don't know, was it the media or, or I believe who it was it the was? coaches? The coaches, uh, and are the SIDs. So kind of kind of a microcosm of the struggle presented for defensive players to kind of get proper recognition. And you would think that, especially with a cornerback, there's like an easy solution to not. Uh, having him intercept the ball, which is just to not throw his way, which you imagine might become like a serious impediment to him racking up uh, defensive stats, which I guess maybe the if offensive or special teams contribution might potentially counterbalance that.
1: Yeah. I mean, he had two great interceptions in the SEC title game, like on tough plays. Like why would you ever throw to him? So he'll, he'll return kicks. He'll, he'll be a receiver in, in moonlining situations. We just don't know if that's this year or next I had John Rice Plumley, mm-hmm. kind of a fun name, the Ole Miss quarterback. If he even wins the job for Lane Kiffin, it's like John Rice Plumley or Matt Corral. There's a weird QB situation there. Like only one of them, they totally different schemes. Mm-hmm. So if Lane Kiffin decides he wants to run the John Rice Plumley offense of the Rich Rod offense and let his quarterback run for a thousand yards a season, John Rice Plumley will be a Heisman candidate because Lane Kiffin is going to make sure of it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting, like, uh, you know, uh, you Ole Miss probably in better hands now with Lane Kiffin as head coach to Matt Luke, but specifically as it concerns John, John Rice Plumley as a Heisman dark horse, probably was better served under the Ridge Rod offense than whatever we'll see now.
1: No question.
0: All right, so I threw Tanner Morgan on here, uh, Minnesota quarterback. I didn't realize he was only a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, I kind of just figured he was a redshirt senior. Yeah, he's got a name like he's been around for six years somehow. Uh, but in top 10 in quarterback rating, um, and I maybe first or close to first, yeah, first among, no, second behind Justin Fields among returning quarterbacks for the 2020 season. So, um, yeah, if, if Minnesota can build upon what they did this year or at least keep it going, could be, could be a decent decent shout there. Uh, Sam Howell, I also threw on there. Really incredible freshman season from him and really the, I think the only missing ingredient for him to be a legitimate contender is for UNC as a whole to yeah. to be better than they were.
1: Yeah, he broke Trevor Lawrence's record for freshman touchdown passes. Yeah. He'll he gets a lot of love. People like Sam Howell, people like like Mac Brown, people like UNC. Easy to see him getting a lot of. And pub. he's got that play style. That's yeah. Like, it's Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. And just he's a he's a fun college football player. Brock Purdy from Iowa State will be a junior. You never know. But if we're going to go, you know, if we're going to go, John Rice Plumlee or Tanner Morgan or Sam How, like Brock Purdy is a, a stats machine. These are pretty far off the beaten path. But you never know. I mean, you say no, an Iowa State quarterback will never win the Heisman. We never thought a Baylor quarterback would win the Heisman. True. Sure. I mean, we've. We're in an era now. Throw out the helmet. Throw out what that... I mean, if you can put up the stats, the fun thing is, though, the t- challenging thing is, though, like these stat hurdles are getting more difficult every year, which coming full circle makes me wonder if we we will ever see a non-quarterback Heisman winner. I'm sure we will, but it's... I mean, man, like... If, if this isn't the year a, he- a defensive player wins a Heisman, if Chase Young's not enough, and I'm not saying he should be, Joe Burrow's stats are insane, but you just wonder if this is ever going to happen for anyone else other than the quarterback. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's, it's, uh, people say like it's become a quarterback award. It's kind of always been a quarterback award. Maybe you could say it's become a little bit more pronounced, uh, this millennium. We've had, I think, three running backs win the award since the year 2000. Really? And one of them was, uh, Reg- Reggie Bush's vacant okay. trophy.
1: So what, you know what's interesting is the three times, maybe I'll be biased here. The last two times a running back has won the Heisman Trophy, it was the wrong call. Yeah. When Derrick Henry won the Heisman, it should have been Christian McCaffrey's, yeah. also a, a running back. Yeah. When Mark Inger won the Heisman, it probably should have been Indominus Su's Heisman. Yeah. If not, maybe Toby Gerhardt's. Even when Reggie Bush won the Heisman, I'm to my grave going to tell you Vince Young should have won the Heisman for the 2005 season. And Vince proved it a few weeks later. Reggie Bush was fantastic, though. Yeah. It's... That's an interesting point. Three running backs since the turn of the millennium. And I believe we ended the 90s with, in 1998, Ricky Williams. I'm just off the top of my head winning it. 1999, Ron Dane. So it's we've transitioned quite a bit. And I'm not sure it was ever the right. I wonder, and this is maybe a broader
0: discussion and something I've kind of been kicking around as an offseason project. But like maybe it's time to shake up the way we
1: vote for the high I think so. I, I mean, a lot of people vote before the season's even over. Yeah, so Well hold on, do you mean that or do you mean like no Heisman until after the natty? I
0: well that I mean, I'm I'm all for a holistic okay. reexamination of how we do it, but I think even down to just like how the votes are allocated, like it it's it's kind of broken up into these regional districts and then it's like a certain number from each state and it's just like that makes sense for like when the Heisman trophy first started being a thing yes. and it was regional and then you kind of like collect this information locally and then kind of feed it up to to a national perspective but it's becoming a much more national sport now and i think i mean even with uh even with this year's balloting you to the extent that there could have possibly been any drama about who's going to win, the fact that Justin Fields and Chase Young are both going to New York kind of like make it obvious that neither of them is going to win because there's so much vote splitting from the region that Ohio's in. True. Sure.
1: Especially with J.K. Dobbins too. Yeah. At least it's fun. It's every once in a while we we get more than three. I like when we get more than three finalists. I remember back in the day we get five. So, and, but it's like that because you only get three names on your ballot. Yeah. And usually it's like very obvious three names. So, yeah, it feels like it's time for the Heisman to sort of get a facelift. It doesn't have the sort of weight it did when we were younger. Maybe that's because when we were younger, we cared more about the Heisman. I'm not saying I don't care about the Heisman, but I'm not going to watch the Heisman. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Because we all know. We know who's going to win. We all know who's going to win, yeah.